Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, Justice League has a new trailer, Spider-Man Homecoming has a new trailer, and Beats One is the biggest radio station in the world. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. This is, uh, that's uh, Big Boy from Outcast. Oh, yeah. From AT Aliens. That's right. Followed up by Andre 3000 on the Wheels, Wheels of, Steel. of Steel. It's a good one. I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Keely Shine. Yes, sir. Keely Shine's in the building today. Good. I'm doing well, man. How you doing? That's, I'm great. That's a good track that you pulled out of the crates. Hey, man. Cast, bro. From. It's classic. 1990. That's, that's like like a 90. I would say it's maybe 99. 99, right? Yeah. That's right um, there. 96. Okay. Oh, God. That felt old. Thanks, Marissa. Thanks. Uh, other thing yeah, is. That's 90s. I was still in high school. Yeah. Outcast. This shit never sounds old or dated. Not at all, man. Because it's music. It's real music. It's like, not like, you know, it's live instrumentation up in there. That that track is 20 years old, and it sound like years it's, old. It's ready right now. It's ready right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is incredible. That, that's, that's, I mean, I, there's, there's very few artists around. You can say that. Tribe's kind of one of the Even Tribe stuff sounds, you know, first two albums sound a little dated. They just, they're great. They just, they just sound classic. That doesn't sound classic. That just sounds like it's ready. Yeah, it sounds like it's for this time. It's timeless. Wow, that's yeah. really amazing. Anyway, uh, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech. Uh, lots to talk about today. We're going to talk about and get into uh, some of the stuff that the government's doing right now, as always. Um, some new technologies coming out. Uh, new trailers have hit the, hit the scene. But uh, but first, I want we'll talk about our boy Barry Jenkins as well. But I want to talk about this uh, story that the White House is um, the... Uh, where am I? I got lost here. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, the, well, well, the, the White House. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I'm all over the place. Let's start with Barry Jenkins. How about that? I'm going to start with Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins <laughs> is going to direct the Underground Railroad series at Amazon, uh, which I think is fantastic. Barry Jenkins, obviously the Academy Award winning um, uh, director. director from Moon from Moonlight. Yep. Um, you know his screenplay won, his film won. Uh, lot lots lots to be said about him. It's only his third film. Very amazingly, he is not going to go to the film route. Most times, you you win an Academy Award, you get your chance to make your big movie, you make the big hundred million dollar joint, you make the whole big thing. But his time, he's going to to arguably to television. To do a TV series based on uh, the Carlson Whitehead Underground Railroad book. Yeah. What do you think of this? I mean, I, mean, I got my thoughts on it, but what do you think of this? I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I think he definitely is leveraging his, his, uh, his, I mean, the fact that he's won, you know, Academy Award for Moonlight to his advantage. And I think that, you know, yet pivoting to do television, I think is a good move. I think he's obviously going to do other films um, in conjunction with this. But I think, you know, to get some of that streaming platform money, I think is a great thing for him. Um, and also, it helps to diversify the portfolio that Amazon has in giving some content that is historical, um, you know, autobiographical, and uh, yeah, and and pertinent, relevant. So I, I liked his strategy in doing that. Um, I like to see him be able to do an historical piece. Yeah. Um, to see see what his uh, his his aesthetics will be and his interpretation of that will be. Uh, but I applaud him. I think he's a great director. 
Um, and I look forward to seeing what he's going to do, not only with this property, but also his subsequent films. So right. I applaud the dude. I, I applaud too. I can't remember. I think if uh, uh, I can't remember. Like, I think the whole, the whole idea of the Underground Railroad is not dissimilar to the, the other Amazon show, which right. is uh, Man in a High Castle, where it sort of reimagines, slightly reimagines history a bit. And this is right. reimagines a big what if on the Underground Railroad. Um, uh, like a, like a whole uh, it being an actual train system, right? Where we're being an actual underground railroad and how they oh. don't know how that works. Yeah, so it's sort of like a yeah. You know, I don't want to call it sci- science fiction because it's not science so fiction. Some type of fantastical merged with his histories, which is yeah, saying. very much like uh, you know, Man in the High Castle. Like, it's, what, what, what if we lost World War Two? Okay. Taking that historical premise and going from there, uh, it's very similar to that. But I will say it's great because he's got. To, you, you mentioned Amazon streaming money, which is fantastic. I think that what's cool about this is, you know, the Amazon streaming money. We talk about guys going to go get the big hundred million dollar movie, the big hundred million dollar paycheck. This is probably going to be a hundred million dollar series. Yeah, so he's easily he's getting you know he's getting that money. So and he's getting the opportunity to, to shepherd a huge thing. And arguably, you know, you take that book. Some people could take the book and say, I'm going to make it a feature film. Yeah. But he decided, I'm going to take this book and make it a series. Yeah. I mean, so I he, think, had his, he had his choice. I think with that strategy, I mean, obviously he's thinking about, you know, a bigger payout. Yeah. More money, more more screen time. Um, more su- seasons. Yeah, multiple seasons, more sophistication. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, who knows what that deal is going to look like. Yeah. You know, that might be more, that might be $200 million. Who knows? Yeah, and so it's interesting. And also creatively, it's not just about <clears> the finances. Creatively, you're able to do a lot more and explore a lot more character development than in, in this over length of a series than you are in a, in a short ninety minutes or two right. hours. So there's more real uh, estate to be able to explore. Yeah, yeah. so good, good for good for Barry. I'm hopefully, do you, would you, how do you feel about his creative prowess and his ability to be able to pull something that large off? Can you become given the fact that he's from the indie world. I don't think that really makes a difference. You know, I, I think that when you talk about you know large scale uh, projects i think it's more so how you handle it on the admin side on the budget side how you're spending the money right. make sure that you know you're not squandering the invest the investor's money but i think creatively i think he'll he'll be fine like i think it's just managing such a, a large property and be able to have the foresight and the vision to be able to have all these things working in concert effectively and i think that he he has the experience to do it you know as an indie director as a as a filmmaker um I, I have no qualms about him being able to, being able to execute this at the highest level. So right, good, me, me neither. I mean, all, all these guys are all they come from the indie world and 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 have their big shot, including John Favreau. Mm-hmm. So you know that's, that's what happens. That's right. Good for him. Okay, next up, I want to talk about this ban on laptops and iPads and and, and all electronic things and coming out of these Muslim countries. I mean, it's it's a, it's a real thing. Uh, bless you over there. Bless you again. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a real thing like you know not being able to after there was a uh, talk of someone trying to sneak explosives in an iphone battery or laptop battery trying to uh, sneak explosives in um coming out of one of these countries i can't remember which one so there was a ban on 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 on, um on uh on some countries and now people say that i mean they may be uh extended to all flights because there's a whole new version of new terrorist tactics that are coming out. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think of that? You think that, you know, we live in a saturated environment where we're obviously connected to our phones, tablets, and laptops. And so, if you have the ability and you have the sinister plans to be able to incorporate some bomb-making elements into that, like, that saturation and that possibility of, of something happening on a plane is all the greater, you know? And so, right. I think 
maybe taking you know a second to relook at that might be helpful um, because I think that I think terrorists and people that are out to do evil can figure out you know very inventive ways to be able to kind of leverage the technology to be able to do destructive things and so maybe like I said you know pull you know deconstructing it a bit and seeing how maybe we can figure out a better way to be able to manage how we travel with our our tech and be able to do it in in a, in a way that you know ensures the safety of not just you know our ourselves but also the safety of you know the the planes the flights and the airline companies so right. i think it's i think it's i don't i don't think that it's a problem you know i think that it'll be okay i think that you know there'll be laws put in place that will help, you know, maybe make it a more seamless process. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's definitely a sort of scary proposition. I, I, I feel like, you know, I was wondering about that. I mean, there, there, there's what we're able to do with sort of 3D printed, printed plastic guns and plastic pieces, and there's a lot of things people are able to do um, to get some stuff. But when you talk about electronics, I mean, you know, even our phones, our laptops especially, our iPads, I mean, those are, those are you know, they got batteries in there. Batteries can be double for explosives, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm yeah, man. definitely uh, not trying to have uh, that, that stuff. Um, uh, we talk about Facebook, like, you know, the, we talked about thousand thousand stories about Facebook and Snapchat, Facebook almost buying Snapchat, Facebook trying to buy Snapchat, uh, and then now just going in and going all out war to compete against Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Instagram stories and some other things. Now, um, they're doing this whole thing called Facebook stories. That's right. Which is like, that's like, take this, you know, Snapchat. People who they're taking those already, you know, again, we, Facebook is Facebook because of its user base. So they, they've already got the existing user base. And then so what they have to do is if they can innovate with that user base, base to, 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 to create some of these other, pro, uh, to compete with some of these other uh, new things out there, they could kill everybody in theory. It's just if people catch on to it. What do you think? I mean, I think they are killing everybody. I don't think it's theoretical. I think it's, practic- it's practical. I think they've done a great job to kind of like let people fall on their own sort. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, you know, we look at Vine and how Instagram came and killed them off. The same thing with uh, Snapchat. I think Facebook is doing, you know, an exceptional job and has done an exceptional job at doing that. All the way from, you know, coming up with ways to go after eBay and go after LinkedIn and go after all the big tech companies that are innovating in this particular space. Facebook saying, hey, you know, we're, we are the jack of all trades, but we're the master of integration. Like, no one can do it better than us. We'll integrate all these things and kill you all off. We have the, we have the user base. We have the money. We have the, we have the, the leverage. We have the relationships. We have the bandwidth to do it, and I think that, I mean, it is kind of like a war, you know. I, I don't, I don't think that Snapchat, you know, I don't know if they could battle against a, a titan like Facebook, you know. I mean, not the user base. We're talking about what one point six billion users per day, right? Like that is that that is. I mean, Snapchat's not doing that. Yeah. So, like, you talk about one point six billion users a day. That that is. Uh, that's a lot of folks, and so uh, you know, it's only to grow, and then they can also, like you said, they can build upon what Snapchat's done with all this augmented reality stuff and come up with some really sort of cool things in there. I, you know, I don't know, man. I think that that's uh, that that could be very, very problematic for for Snapchat. I just I just think it's interesting how a company, you know, you know, hey, you know, we, we like to purchase you, we like to acquire you. The right. company says, "Now nah, we're good. We're going to hold off. We're going to make more money." Right. And then then Facebook, you know, says, "You know what? Well." Great job, Snapchat. You know we're going to do what you do, but much better. Right. And then you know, see what happens. I think I, I think that model, that business model, is crazy. Like yeah, to be able to have like the the backing and the confidence to be able to say, okay, cool, 
You don't want to take the deal? All right, well, we'll just be patient. We'll just lay in the cut till we yep. figure it out. And then we're going to smash you. you off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, because we can. So it's almost like it's so, like, gangster in that it way. It is. It's almost like, you want the, you want the $3 billion? You want the $10 billion? Okay, All okay. Right. We'll just lay in the no cut. No billion. <laughs> now, now you're done. Right. No billion. <laughs> Your company's over. Man. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, we know like. how much you love Facebook, so. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm all over Facebook. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, won't be, I, I won't be using it. I, w- I wonder, though. I want, it makes me wonder about, you know, it's funny you say that. It makes me wonder about what are the things. What is the thing that would make me come over to Facebook? Like, what, is there anything that will pull me into Facebook? Like, oh, you're, Facebook's you're back. You're tripping. You're tripping, man. Uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know if there is. How about you just hop on there? <laughs> how about just hop on there and just see what, see what the offering is? I don't know. I don't know. I'm over it. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, I want to talk about our friends over at DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings is back. I mean, man, it it, it seems like it was um, it was just just a second ago we're ending football season, but we're right in the middle of the of the NC uh, we're, we're, we're in the golfing. We have the uh, tournament. All these things are happening. So. Golf is a big way that we can do this. You know, the first major golf tournament of 2017 is next week. The celebrate celebrate DraftKings.com is hoping a free free fantasy golf contest with $100,000 in total prizes up for grabs. Whether you, whether you live and breathe golf or you're looking to try a new fantasy sport, um, now that football's over, the once-a-week fantasy golf at DraftKings is for you. Fantasy golf at uh, DraftKings is easy to play. Just pick six golfers before the tournament tees off on next Thursday. Sit back and watch the action live. You rack up points for streaks, per hole performance, tournament finishes, and more. Outscore the competition and win. You get closer and closer to the action just like this. Millions of fantasy sports fans play this uh, just like you have experienced this. The excitement of DraftKings is here. It's your turn now. Check this out. The tournament next tournament starts next Thursday. So head to DraftKings.com now. Uh, that's DraftKings.com. Receive a free entry for $100,000 contest for the f- all you got to use. All you got to do is use the promo code Geek as that's a Geek right. Tech Geek for your yeah. shares. $100,000 in total prizes only at DraftKings.com, the destination for fantasy sports. Promo Check it out. code Geek. Promo code Let's Geek get it. as in Geek Nerd Tech. I can, you can. I mean, I never thought I would watch golf with a view to want to try to win some money, but now, hey man, I'm trying to win some money. Whatever I'm yeah, watching, DraftKings got it. Let's go. Um, so, we had a big thing here a while back when we had the San Bernardino tax, and and uh, I think it was San Bernardino and Apple. Uh, Apple, uh, the government wanted to sort of get Apple to sort of decrypt their phones so they can get some information. Was that San Bernardino? Was yeah, that San Bernardino yeah. terrorist shootings. Yeah. And so uh, the UK government is saying that they they're not having that from Apple. Like they 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 said they said they can't get away with unbreakable encryption uh, following a terrorist attack. The UK is very much like saying. In a, in a statement, they're like, it's completely unacceptable. There should be no place for terrorists to hide. We need to make sure that organizations like WhatsApp um, and, and, and Apple, there are plenty others that don't provide a secret place for terrorists to communicate with each other. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're really, uh, really, really, the UK government's all over this. And, this, and um, you know, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, I think that, you know, these type of apps and obviously, you know, the phone, and, you know, it's all, you always talk about privacy versus protection 
And so I think that it's a, it's a fine line. You know, we talked about it. We've explored this con this topic um, for for a number of years, actually. And yeah. I think I think it's difficult because you know you want to you know ensure the the, the 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 rights of the people that are using the the product and you know the information that they're disseminating and holding. You want to ensure those rights, but also you want to ensure that people are protected and safe. And I think that you know terrorists being able to leverage th these these technologies and be able to communicate in ways where it's self-destruct or a way where it's encrypted, where you know government agencies cannot <clears throat> take a peek inside. I think we have to figure out a way or set up some legalities where you know it gives them uh, the 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 right, the first right to be able to lease. You know, have if, if there is an incident to be able to look into it and investigate it further. And right. so, I mean, I think like, we, we've always argued that it's a slippery slope. When do you give this right? When do you not give the right? When is it appropriate? When is it not appropriate? Like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I, th I think it's a case by case situation, to be honest. Yeah. But it, I don't know how you create a law, a general law to, to protect either way. You know, it, it is very tricky. It is a very slippery slope. It is very it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, I, I don't I don't know the answer. And I definitely don't know that you can do it per country. It's like, well, the U.S. No, but in the U.K. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. But I mean, the proliferation of um, sort of terrorist attacks in the U.K. seem to be. Um, definitely higher than they have been in the U.S. We haven't had a major U.S. terrorist attack on our soil in a long time. That's a major one since 9-11. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know the answer, but uh, it's not just Apple. It's WhatsApp as well and yeah. other companies. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We will see. Um, Wells Fargo, the bank that I bank with, is about to introduce cardless Apple Pay ATM withdrawals. Now, I have cardless. I have Apple Pay on my phone. I use it all the time. I use I, I use Apple Pay all the time with my uh, uh, linked to a lot of my devices, uh, a lot of my apps like Uber and other stuff, and, and I buy stuff all the time through Apple Pay. It's no big deal. Um, I kind of love the idea of just being able to walk up to the ATM and just being like, and and have it and keeping it moving. The question is. Oh, there's no question because it only works with your with your fingerprint. So not like someone can just take your phone and go get money out. Right. Um, I kind of like this. I, I'm in, I'm into it. I think Bank of America's gonna probably do the same thing. Um, but I know that you've been anti kind of all this stuff. But what do you what do you think about this? I mean, I'm not anti uh, you know being able to pay with your phone. I'm just anti you know. Not I wouldn't even say that I'm anti. I'm just concerned that you know if I put my fingerprint information into my phone that it, that it's protected. Same thing we we're just talking about. Um, last topic, you know, is that information going to be used through government agencies with, without my knowing? Right. Like, so that's a concern. But I think in terms of the te technological aspect of it, I think it's uh, it's great. Like, we want to make it as efficient and convenient as possible when we are shopping, when we're trying to get access to our finances. And I think that, you know, being able to walk up to an ATM and I have to pull out my wallet, then card, then type in, you know, my uh, my PIN code. And then get the money, like all those steps, you know, I've kind of been centralized down, funneled down to like one, pull out my phone and boom, I'm out. Got yeah. my cash and I'm, I'm done. Yep. So I love that. I think that's fresh. But however, like I really don't use cash often anyway. So yeah. I don't really see, I mean, I see the usefulness of it, but I don't see it as like a big thing for my life personally. Like, yeah. No. I mean, you, you'll see more. I think you'll see like I've New York cabs have a lot of the uh, Apple Pay things mm -hmm. already, uh, a lot of point of purchase. The NFC technology. Yeah. Now, now going to that, I wonder if we could begin to see um, individuals like, like Square 
I mean, I think the next move would be like if you're an individual, like if you want to receive a tip, if you're a valet or if you're something like that. So something, thing, place where you where you use a cash economy, could you be able to just be like, yeah, you know, like you know. some like even like kind of like how you airdrop, you know, with 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 Max, right. like I airdrop a document to you. Right. I could just airdrop you ten bucks, or yeah. I could airdrop a payment or whatever. Sure. I would love that. That, that would that, be fresh. That, that'd be interesting. I wonder, I wonder how safe and uh, unhackable that is. But I like the idea of that because cash is. You know, it's tough to be carrying around cash, but we'll... And, and it's with, tough? Yeah. It's not tough to be carrying around I mean, cash. We, we, got stack, we got big stacks like I do. <laughs> right. exactly. It's hard to carry these big knots. I, I hear you. <laughs> no, okay, so uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on. I love this idea. I can't wait. Um, I got a question for you. So Apple Music, Apple Music execs now say that Beats One Radio is the biggest radio station in the world. I've been a big, huge proponent of Beats One, a big, huge proponent of Apple Music. Uh, I know that we've been talking about this for a long time, which, which is going to survive Spotify versus Apple Music versus Tidal. Um, I think we're going to both agree Tidal is kind of like fading out, although they're although they're still battling hard. They're still coming out with stuff. They're claiming they got stuff to drop. But when you have – so anyway, two questions. First of all, what do you think of Apple Music? Apple Music is still dominating. Are you still on Apple Music and Beats 1 Radio? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, out of all the music streaming platforms, Apple Music is my, you know, choice. It's always been my choice. I had Spotify, you know, before there were really a, a, a diverse option. Um, but I, I love the, the interface of Apple Music. I love the sociability. I love how you can, you know, uh, interact with di- different forms of content aside from just music, um, the interviews and different, you know, movies. And obviously they're building content on the platform, uh, video content on the platform. So I love all those things. Um, and I, I, I love the fact that it integrates with my desktop, my laptop, and, and all of my other Apple devices. So um, I think that in, in the grand scheme of things, when you juxtapose it to the other streaming platforms, I think, again, they have, they have the dough, they have the money, they have the star power, um, and they have the, not only do they have the software, they have the hardware. So all those things working together, um, the orchestration of all those things, I love it. And I think that the price point is fine. Um, and... I think the personality as, as it relates to the personalities as it relates to the radio um, side of it, I think they're on point, you know, yeah. and I think that I think in the course of history, I think Spotify is kind of like in the race still, but I think Apple is pulling ahead. You know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting about so Spotify. So this is this is and this is other, other question I'm asking about this because this is fascinating to me. So Drake's album dropped last week, right? Uh, so Spotify has a larger user base than Apple Music, a much larger user base. Uh, but We're not paid. That's a good point. But that's, that's okay. an excellent point. Yeah. Excellent point. But okay. But 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 let's just say that, for, for actually they do have a larger paid user base than Apple, but not as great. Okay. Not as great. So but so Spotify has a larger user base than yeah. Apple. Apple uh, and and Spotify both dropped Drake's album. Mm-hmm. Drake's album streamed on Apple Music eighty nine point nine million times. Ninety million times in the first twenty four hours. That's right. First day. Ninety million times in the first day. Is when is, is how much of this thing streamed. It 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 bested Spotify by thirty million. Yeah, and, and Spotify has a larger user base, right. but Apple with a smaller user base, thirty million more people streamed it on Apple. What do you attribute this to? Well, I think I think to my point um, that a lot of the subscribers on Spotify aren't paid, and you don't necessarily have access to all the content. So maybe that could be a part of it. Like because I'm not a paid subscriber, I don't get the full album. Right. Um, and then I think you know maybe it's the 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 the, the diversity of, of the consumer base. Maybe you know on Spotify there's more people that listen to a particular 
type of music other than what is on Apple Music. And then also, I think that because Drake is a, is a direct partner with Apple, obviously they're going to push him forward a little bit more and give him more marketing, more yeah. visibility. Obviously, that's going to raise the numbers. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah, he's like, he's like, if you open the screen up, there's Drake's face, you know, or Drake's dad's face or whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know. you got to think, too. Drake was on a product launch, uh, uh, I think it was two years ago, yep. when um, I think they, I don't know who they brought out, but I know Drake was a part of all that. It was Drake and I think... Um, um, what's my man? Uh, the weekend. I think both yeah. of them were a part of it. Um, I mean, so Drake's got the Apple. Exactly. Apple. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think that you know that has a big part of it. You right. know, the fact that he's kind of like a a franchise player, yeah. essentially. So of course his numbers are going to spike. Three hundred million streams in the first week. Hey, let's get that money, brother. I mean, that's the entire for the entire album, which is incredible. When you think about like you know purchasing an album or what what, what platinum used to be right. a million copies. Right. You know, so I mean, you can't really quantify buying a million albums versus listening to a, a three, the album three hundred million times. Absolutely, but that's still got to be pretty crazy. Though. That's that's out of control. <laughs> I mean, like you have to figure like back in the old days, if a million people bought your album, you're still not getting three hundred million listens. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. That just means I know, that, first week. That just means I listen. That means every person listens to the album maybe three or four, thirty times or whatever. Maybe that's they listen true. to it thirty times. So I probably, probably listened to it already like at least fifteen. Exactly. To 30 times Back in the myself. day, you would listen to the album on repeat, repeat because that's all you yeah, had. That's so, right. That's a good point. I mean, okay, that's a good point. Uh, last question with this is, is which I find very interesting is what does this mean for our boy Jay Z? Oh, what do you think, think Jay Z is gonna like? I mean, like, so obviously, you know, Lemonade did did did, did well for title, and, and um, you know, Pablo didn't do as well for title as they hoped, but it still did well in this classic album in terms of things. Drake is Drake, ninety million in the first day. Whenever Jay Z's joint drops, and it's got it's coming any second, and it'll be like, we'll just wake up, it'll be on an inbox or something like that. It'll just drop secretly. What do you think he's gonna do? Uh, do you think he can catch Drake? And if not, what does this mean for Jay Z? I don't think I, I don't think Jay Z is concerned. Number one, I think he's, <laughs> I'm he's, more concerned than Jay Z. <laughs> yeah, I think Jay Z has bigger fish to fry, and he has right. his eye on a different price. But in terms of his music, him, him as an artist dropping, I think you know he. I mean, I'll say it. I think he's in the uh, the twilight years of his musical career, even right. though he's still dope. Right. Um, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a juxtaposition juxtaposition between Drake and Jay Z on right. numbers. I think you know, like Jay Z owns the building. Yeah. Okay, Drake doesn't own the building, That's so true. it's no, no comparison. Yeah, Drake, Drake's, <laughs> Drake's a player; he's an owner. <laughs> exactly. It's like that old Chris Rock uh, joke about uh, uh, you know Shaq's not rich. The the, the, the sounds track Shaq's check is rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so that's Jay Z. Yeah. So <laughs> so I guess that's that's, uh, that's like that's, I'm I'm cutting the check to myself. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, I mean Drake still got to collect the check from from uh, Tim Cook. Right. <laughs> you know so. I mean that's good, but I'm not mad at either of these guys, and uh, it's just very interesting to see, you know, how, how this plays out. Um, yeah, man, wow, these this numbers are staggering, very, very staggering. Uh, I want to move on to some, um, uh, just a couple more things, a couple small fun things as it relates to things. Have you checked out? Have you seen the new um, Justice League trailer? I have, man. What do you think? It's getting it's getting it's getting mixed reviews, but mostly exciting reviews. There's some people who are just really just hating on Zack Snyder, hating on the way it looks, hating on his aesthetic. Feels like it's another, you know, Superman and Justice League. You know, can Zack Snyder do? I mean, Superman and Batman versus Superman. Can Zack Snyder pull this one off? Um, I think he can. I, I was I, excited. What do you think? I was excited. I think he can. I think it looked fresh to me. I didn't. I didn't have those mixed review reactions and feelings. I think that 
I mean, it looked dope. It, lo it made me want to, you know, hurry up and watch it. You yeah. know? So I think that, I mean, there is a point to be made in terms of the tonality and how, you know, he presents his films and, the, you know, the aesthetic nature of them. Washed so out I, color. I like Washed it. Washed out colors, the I darkness. Like, I like the moody, dark, like. Everything can't be the 300, though. No, it can't. <laughs> but, I mean. But that's his style. That's his style. Right. And either, I mean, I think, it, I think it works. I think it works for that property. Yeah. You know? So, we'll um, see. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to say. Like I, I, it really like he really sort of invented that that super slow mo grab motion, like you know. And when that's kind of played though. It's played, yeah. it's super played, but because he but he, he kind of invented yeah. the three hundred. Like yeah. the three hundred, invented it. He sort of went and perfected it a little bit in the in Watchmen. Yep. And then now to see it over and over again in, yeah. in Batman or Superman and this and it's in the trailer it's like happens five times in the right. trailer it's like all right, all right buddy you know? up some new some right new some new tricks but it is kind of dope and um, I don't know the one thing that I find that, that I did find interesting is the Suicide Squad had uh, gotten into all this trouble with the studio because they uh, you know David Ayers made this dark amazing movie and and the the studio liked it at first but then they ran this trailer done by this one company uh, which had a bunch of needle drops in there and, and got people excited because the the music in the trailer and the way it was situated and the, tr the trailer tested so high that the studio went back and recut the movie to make it more like the trailer yeah. so they had that dossier version right. so uh, with ru th thus ruining Suicide Squad you know in many people's opinion and we'll never know if we'll see the real the, the full the full cut right. I mention this only to say that watching this new Justice League trailer it's that same company that did the, uh, the 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 Suicide Squad thing, so it's it's a little. I don't need you know Jack White guitars and uh, like five different needle drops throughout the whole trailer in order to get me excited about the movie. I'm already excited. I don't need I don't need like that's you know. but that's their job. Their job in editing and producing that is to make you excited extreme to the extreme. Right. And so to pull out the the extract the, the greatest. DNA of the movie and present it to you. I mean, I, that's they're they're doing their job. So do you, you, know? you, Eli, I mean, I mean, the Suicide Squad trailer, I would admit, was fantastic. It was different from what the movie was going to be, right. which is why it was a problem. This trailer, uh, I don't know if it's different from the movie's going to be. Probably not, but I don't know. I mean, it's, think about it. Like, I feel, I feel manipulated in a way that I don't want to be. Every trailer does a bit of manipulation. Look at right. Fences, how that yeah. was cut. Like you thought right, that true. was going to be the most action-packed <laughs> film ever. Exactly. Denzel about the whoops some ass. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that movie was all dialogue. Like, yeah. good point. So, <laughs> good point. Uh, and to that point, uh, the other trailer that came out, which I'm which I'm also very excited about, is Spider-Man: Homecoming. And uh, I wanted to see if you had opportunity to check that out. Yeah, I did. I did actually, and I think that trailer is fantastic. That looks, that, that looks, looks great, and, looks and my boy Michael Keaton looks dope. Like, <laughs> wow, he's like I just I'm, I'm talking about just in, in, as as a villain, okay? Because we've been seeing a lot of like Michael Keaton, like he's just started his career as sort of funny guy, comedian, yeah. Mister Funny. He's been doing a lot of you know he's been obviously some serious acting lately, but it's been a while. I can't since almost since uh, Pacific Heights hmm. since we've seen Michael Keaton as the villain, right? And uh, I mean, he's looking kind of. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm you feeling him? You feeling him? Huh? I feel as a villain. I because he, he can act. I'm like I was. I was I'm very concerned for my little my little <laughs> Peter Parker in that one. But uh, and Robert Downey Jr. is in this one, and yeah. uh, I, I'm very very excited about this because this being the third uh, theatrical reboot of Spider Man, right? The third Peter Parker we've seen right. in ten years. Uh, yeah, I, I hope, I'm really rooting for this because I feel like this property. I mean, really, all these properties are over, over, overly saturated, but I'm really rooting for this one because I feel like 
if this one tanks, like I'm kind of out on this yeah. franchise. Sure, I mean, it's Spider. I mean, it's, oh, and, and unfortunately, Spider Man's not going anywhere. So right. they'll try it again because it's Spider Man, of course. But I mean, yeah. But uh, I, you know, I really like. I really liked what my boy. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, um, uh, uh, Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, oh yeah, um, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, anyway, I can't. I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was dope. He's well, he's an amazing yeah. actor. So what's what's the name? That's right. Thank you very right. much, Marissa. But I love my boy Andrew Garfield's take. Uh, I'm there's a, there's a certain generation of people that love uh, what's the other dude's name, Marissa, first Spider Man. There's a whole generation that loved the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Why did you uh, play <laughs> The whole generation. Out there. <laughs> Wait, Marissa, which, who, who's your who's your who's your favorite Spider Man? Like, are you Toby or are you Andrew? Okay, yeah, and 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 this is solid. So, uh, Tom Holland's also a Brit, so we'll see what he does. He's he's uh, you know, I mean, we can't we can't seem to get an American Spider Man, but we'll we'll see what happens. Hey man, um, and uh, and I'm, I'm mean, not mad at a it. black Spider Man. Well, they, the they, they 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 almost had uh, they, well, they almost had Corey Glover, no, Corey Glover, uh, uh, Charles Gambino, Donald, Donald Donald Glover. Thank you. They almost yeah. said Donald Glover. Um, but they flipped it and made him uh, black in the comic books right. instead. And then, of course, Donald Glover is now Lando Calrissian. So yep. who cares? Um, I think that's it. I skipped a couple stories, but I think I think we're doing good. Anything else you want you want to cover? All right, man. Yeah, I'll throw this one at you. So, uh, so we we got a chance to check out you know um, all the uh, Marvel iterations on Netflix, right? Yep. So Iron Fist. Bad reviews. What do you yeah. have you seen it, and what do you think about I'm it? Three episodes in, and I don't hate it. I'm, I'm about two in, and I don't hate it either. I'm trying to figure out why is why are the reviews t- so low. I was having this conversation. It's like I, it's, I feel like it's look, it's thirty. I mean, I may get to episode eight and be yeah. like, I mean, I mean, there's plenty of time for it to go real bad, right? But. I don't. I, I. I'm not mad at Danny Rand, the lead. Like, I'm not know, mad at him either. I'm not mad at the at, at, uh, who they chose to be. I can't remember her name, but his the sidekick, the girl who's, oh, who's also the in the Asian comics. Chick? Yeah. All right. Um. So I wonder. You know. So I, I'm not. I'm not mad at it at all. There's a whole. There's a whole comic universe that has. I mean, there's a whole series that has. Um. Obviously, there's Power Man and Iron Fist. You know, mm-hmm. Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Yep. But there's also a series that has. Um. Oh God, Misty, the, the the girl, the sister from um from pop from uh from Luke Cage, uh the cop. Oh, the cop, Misty. She's a character. Really? Yeah, no, she's like a she's like a dope kind of Pam Greer type. Oh, talking about in. Okay, I thought you were saying something else. No, yeah, no, of course. No, but but I'm saying as a sidekick character. As a sidekick character, right. and then the the Iron Fist sidekick, right, the, right. the girl, they have a series together. Right. So I wonder if they'll if they'll if they'll bring those two actually to to do something together. Because I, I like to see that. We'll but, see. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not mad at it so far. We'll we'll see. I haven't I haven't you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I love, I mean from. From the first two, it seems pretty cool. Maybe, maybe it falls off, or maybe you know. Again, we talk about the saturation where maybe that's what it is. Just too much Marvel, Marvel everywhere. Right. Maybe that has a lot to do with. But I mean, I was reading like uh, an article that kind of like get, gave an overview of the stats of each of those properties, and each one of them, um, Daredevil, um, um, Luke Cage, uh, what's my other one? The, the lady, uh, Jessica, Jones. Jessica Jones. All of those rated like in the nineties, right? Ninety yep. percent on yep. Rotten Tomatoes. And this one's like I think thirty or forty percent. Like, why is it so fucking low? And so I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm hoping to get through it and, and figure out why. I just we'll feel see. like it's, I, I feel like it's just a, there's a backlash that happened that is probably unfair because so far. I'm actually, it's plenty of time for it to go bad, but so far it looks good. Um, I mean, Daredevil, Daredevil season two is also very good. I like season one. I, I think when it's all said and done, I like season one better than season two of Daredevil. Um, but 
just because I like the the gritty sort of story. I, I like the Kingpin storyline better. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm, I'm definitely excited about the Defenders. Bringing them all together to make the Defenders Man, is I think it's a good move for that platform. That, that's a good move. Absolutely. I do want to mention one story that I did skip that I want, I want to go back to before we get out of here. Um, e, I forgot your boy Elon that is Musk. That's my boy. Is trying to get that Musk money. The Neuralink. Um, it's a venture to merge the human brain with AI, yeah. putting a chip in the brain. That's right. Rockets, cars, and now brain chips. This can't be good. It is good. You want a chip in your brain? Hey, man, what happens if you had Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's or if you had some type of uh, some brain injury or you had some type of you know disability that would enable you to you know have your memories or have your language or you know have motor skills or whatever? You wouldn't want it? You just want to be sitting there in the veg- vegetative state? I mean, God. thank you. I know the answer. <laughs> what about the dude who's gonna hack? I'm hacking Achilles' brain. <laughs> what's the movie? With, How do you um, like doing all kind of moves? <laughs> what's the movie with? Um, oh, what's the movie called? Um, dang, I forgot. Whatever. But yeah, I mean, I I, I think that um, Elon Musk is the perfect person to you know be investing in this in this category of science and technology. I think that you know he he has theorized and forewarned um, for many years that we've reached we've reached a way way oh, that's right transcendence with um uh, yeah uh, Johnny, uh, Depp. Johnny Depp that's right yeah, good, good that job, Marissa. Um, <laughs> so yeah I think that you know I think that Elon Musk is the guy to do it I think he's inventive I think he has the balls to do it he has the money to do it sure um, he'll take risks. Um, and I, I think that with anything with technology, there's a usefulness and there's a destructive element. So I think it's us finding the balance between the two. I mean, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. So we just have to adapt to it, just like we're adapting the you know driverless, self-driving cars, and we're going to adapt to drones and all right. the other things that are happening. So I agree. The, the, what I do find interesting about this is Elon Musk is the main proponent against. He's the main guy who's with me in saying that AI takeover could be real. AI, there could be a trend, there could be a, a Skynet, there mm-hmm. could be a Matrix, you know, we, we, we should beware of AI and getting them cracking like that. So mm-hmm. uh, the idea that he wants to put merge AI with the human brain must be his uh, need and want to sort of like make sure that we stay in control of the machines. That's that's how I, that's what I'm theorizing. Hey man, he wants he wants to be the you know, the, the Magellan of, of his time. He yeah. wants to be the the Neil Armstrong of his time. So I feel like if, if there's a category to explore and to say I'm the first to do it, he's the guy to do it, you know? I mean, yeah, the chip in your brain to maybe download your whole consciousness and throw it in a new body. Keep Man. it moving. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, I got one last thing for yeah. you. I have not seen it. I've just been completely bogged down with work, but have you seen the net, um, the Dave Chappelle joints? Yes, I have, actually. All right, so I without s- giving any spoilers or if it even requires that like what is what is your take so I've, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews some people like it some people don't some people say it's not old Chappelle it's a different Chappelle what is your take I think Chappelle's a genius and I feel like that it's not old Chappelle in that it's not going to be old Chappelle because Chappelle is 12 years older or 12 13 years older whatever it is um he it feels that way his some more mature you mean it's more mature his, his thinking yeah but his 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 style the way he the way he rolls now he's he's doing like a Dick Gregory like style, not not necessarily in his humor, but in his presentation, hmm. he's very like uh, it's it's I just, I just for, for, let me this is interesting. Let me let me I'm mean, comment on a couple of things. The way he does his tours, the way like the stage is set up, the way he does his pre the pre roll in the movie, the way he comes to his logo with him smoking a cigarette, him coming out, like all of that is just the the, the presentation is dope, and the way he kind of is able to sit there, do his thing, light a cigarette, 
it's very Dick Gregory, man. He'll he lights a cigarette. He'll sit down on the bench and just talk for a little bit, take a couple of drags, use the cigarette as a prop. And and what Schfeld does better than better than almost anybody in the in the modern era is this. This takes it back to Victor Pryor, even back to Lenny Bruce. Is he's a storyteller. He'll just tell you a story, and the story might be literally fifteen minutes long. Right. And throughout that story, there's like a thousand laughs and gems and gems. Right. But it's literally it's and, and it might be whether it's a real story or not. He's there's some comedians who are like you know yeah. punchline set up, knock down, yeah. set up, knock down, kind of making up stuff. He's telling real stories and. Right. I mean, Kevin Hart does this too, but it's in a different way because Kevin Hart's a little more fantastical and, 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 and wild about it. Yeah. But Chappelle has this, has this a really in, innate ability to just tell stories and be hilarious and still shock. And the thing about him too is these are these are written jokes. These are constructed jokes. Like he is he's working. Yeah. And he has a, the way he's, he's able to make you come up there and make you feel like, I don't work on this shit. I'm just out here telling yeah, stories. like it is improv. Yeah, right. like it is improv. And guys like him and Rock like work so hard on these jokes and Kevin over and over and Kevin work 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 on these jokes and try them out and work them and work them and make work them so get natural them, get them perfect and yeah. by the time they get out there and so so, for, so from that standpoint it's really great to watch I will say well, I like, that's, that's the genius of it all you know genius of all I will say I, I, I like the first one better than the second one right. and I don't know if that has to do with the fact that it's hard to watch two specials back to back so well, one of them if I'm not mistaken was acquired Meaning that it was already shot before the Netflix deal happened. I think they both were. None. Well, one of them I thought was original, because one of one of them I read that he even drops like a Netflix joke in there and says, "Hey, something about a Netflix show." Yeah. And that was the one before he did the Netflix deal. Yeah. And I thought one of the the second one or the other one was like higher production value and you know more well, like the Netflix model or whatever. I think that so. To answer that question, so the, the first the, the first one is one shot exactly a year ago at the Hollywood Palladium, right. and it's high production value, and it's, it's it's a special shot for something. It's definitely shot for something. I don't know. Uh, he references Five because Five just died. Uh, Gary Shandling just died. So it's literally a year ago, like right. a, a year ago this month. Um, the other one before that was done in Austin, Texas. I think that was the acquisition. Yeah, and that's one in also Texas. a year ago. And that was a smaller one, right? Yeah, actually, it's a, ironically, it's a larger venue. Oh. It's, 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 a large, it's a stadium show, a larger venue, but and it's shot like a comedy special, but it wasn't. It's just like a concert film. Gotcha. That, so that one felt like a concert film. The Palladium one, obviously, you know, Dave Chappelle can sell out bigger venues in the Palladium. So it felt like this was a controlled environment. Right. And, and, and in terms of production value for you and I, production value was way higher on the, on the, for me on the Hollywood no, the Palladium, Palladium one right. controlled environment right. they were doing different cool things the uh, the one in the top by Southwest or actually Austin City Limits just felt like a concert film yeah. which is fine They but they he used the same intro Morgan, Morgan Freeman intro on both of them which was interesting well I get that like um, in the uniforms he, they, they did it like they dropped it like it's a couple of episodes right and I think that at the end of the day uh, for me I like the first one better than the second one I think they're both very very funny I think class classic. funny I think the first one is is got some classic moments. Oh no, it's hard to say. Like, is it a classic? Yes or no? It, off the top of my head, no, it's not a classic. Ooh, but doesn't mean. But I don't. But doesn't mean it's not good. It doesn't mean. I, I think it's great, but it just feels like it feels like he's he's on his way back. Like this, you can tell that he's been working. He's on his way back. This is a year ago. He's working out a year and a half before that. So a year and a half. So let's say 2014, 15. He's been working out. To a special he shot in 2016, and he shot it, and it was good. But it feels like I'm working my way back. He references Key and Peele doing his show and other stuff, and da da da. And Kevin, and I think Ke- he, he drops a Kevin. He does a whole Kevin story, yeah. which is which is hilarious, right. by the way. Uh, but I think that 
I'm very interested to see what happens from 2016 to 2017. Right. I feel like he's going to be a kid. I mean, he's Dish Bell. So I think that that leap from where he was in 16 to right now, and that Netflix deal happened in this calendar year. Of course. So I'm really interested to see the new shit that he drops. That's what's up. So, because this, and maybe the last thing I'll say is maybe because I just know that these are. These are stuff that was they, that they they put it. It's from the vault. Yeah, that's how they put it. It's from the from Chappelle's vault. I think they're both were from the vault. Oh. So um, maybe maybe because it's from the vault, I feel I feel like ah, uh, he's just putting this out there. Hey. You know, they're good, but these aren't. This is this real shit. We'll see. I look so, forward to seeing it, and then you know we can have more dialogue about it. Yeah. But I've heard you know I've heard, I've heard a what lot. Have you of, heard? But have you heard? Have you heard classic? Or have you heard just? Okay? I've, heard, I've heard a variation of, of critique. Some have said nah, it was whack, which I was surprised to hear. And nah, then some it's, have, it's not whack, right? And then some <laughs> have said it's classic, and some have said it's it's not the same. You know, Dave Chappelle that we're used to, but it's a little different, more mature, more sophisticated, more. Mature. more uh, I guess would say centered or more wise. Like right. he's like more. I guess he's trying to really. Uh, talk about a lot of social progressive things and the tone of it is more serious yeah. it's also yeah. it's also like a, like look he's dave Chappelle. like before before back in the day when he's doing pre Chappelle show stand-up right he wasn't dave Chappelle. he's just right. a stand-up comic right he's hilarious right but not post Chappelle show Chappelle. Yeah. he's dave Chappelle, right, right, and he right. references that like i'm, I'm dave Chappelle. right like, you know so it's it's, it's it's kind of interesting to see that and he's rich you know yeah. like it, you know see so it's it's a whole different thing uh, Lola was never really a huge Chappelle, sh- Chappelle fan mm-hmm. going in. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't really watch Chappelle's show, kind of whatever on his comedy. And you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, yeah she, she really liked it. Too. That's what's so, up. Both? I don't know. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, so. There it is, man. I, well, I, would, I, got, I got some homework to do. Yeah, right? no, I'm very interested to hear. I'm very interested to hear how you like that. All you right. Think. Have you seen it, Marissa? I have not, no. Okay. Are you a Chappelle person? All right, then forget it. Then. Forget you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, we can get out of here. That's good. We out of here, baby. All right, thank you very much. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Keely Shine, A K I L I S H I N E, and they can find you where on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K Braswell. Uh, good to see you. We will be back next week with more stuff and definitely a review of Chappelle. And we'll see you next week. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff. We would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.